The Blue White Football and Recruiting Podcast is back. Blue White Illustrated, bwi.rivals.com. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle, and it is Whiteout Week, folks. We have a lot to cover in this edition of the Recruiting Podcast. We will get into Ryan's trip through Ohio to see Drew Aller, and the quarterback looked very good, obviously a four-star now. Ryan has a lot more info from him and also news on the fact that Ohio State offered him and what his thoughts are on that. So we'll dive into that. A new offer for a class of 2023 recruit coming out of the Ball State game, and we'll close things out with the Whiteout Week. A look at the visitor list, a look at what the impact of that game against Auburn, 7.30 p.m. ABC will televise it from Beaver Stadium, which, of course, we're expecting to be sold out. So, Ryan, let's get going here. How are you doing on this Whiteout Week in the middle of September as Penn State sits at 2-0 and gets ready for both its biggest game of the uh, non-conference slate and also its biggest recruiting crowd of the year so far? Yeah, man. Um well, my kid's homesick, so the worst timing for that uh, as far as trying to prepare a list here. Um, so apologies if you hear a screaming one-year-old upstairs at some point over the next uh, 30 minutes or so. But uh, as far as you know, work-wise and getting the list together, we're, we're in pretty good shape here. Uh, right now, I'm probably we're, we're getting over 60, uh, 50, 60 kids so far confirmed. And that list is going to grow, man. It's, it's going to get... Uh, we, we know it'll be over 100, and I think as far as like true, you know, scholarship talent, guys that Penn State is going to pursue hard, it, it should. I, I think we could see easily another dozen or so. I mean, the list I have now is is pretty much the top of the top uh, as far as talent wise. But but we'll see. We'll see guys add to it. For example, I just added uh, James Hurd Jr., defensive end out of um, St. Joseph's Prep uh, late last night, and we'll, we'll probably see one or two kids um, confirm every day up until then. So. I would think 120 or so, maybe 100 and probably more than that, maybe even 130, 140 uh, total. And then probably about half of that list will be guys who are scholarship talent, uh, already have an offer, you know, committed, whatever it is. But, um, you know, this is this is always the the big event, man. This is this is aside from the lash bash and maybe a, a monster junior day. This is this is what Penn State um, wants. Uh, what's the best word? This is what Penn State uh, loves to show their, their, their recruits, man. This is this is everything. Well, bwi.rivals.com slash subscribe. If you're not a Lions Den premium subscriber, you can sign up today, get all of the lists and more insight from Ryan, Nate, David Eckert, myself, T. Frank, and the rest of the gang at Blue White Illustrated. All right, let's start things off with uh, where you were last Friday. You went out to Ohio to check in with Drew Aller, who had a really good game, another really good game. All he does is just put up monster numbers. He did it again, and... Obviously, some of the talk last week was not as much about those numbers, but more about the fact that Ohio State is now uh, entered his recruitment, and it doesn't really seem like it matters. But let's just start first with that factor of it all, and then just from the general standpoint of seeing him in person, what were your main takeaways if we roll some of his tape? If you're watching us, uh, you can see the highlights as Ryan talks, youtube.com slash Illustrated. Yeah, so going out there, you know, the, the Ohio State offer is the big reason why I went out there. We, we were talking last week. I don't know. It was maybe Wednesday, Thursday. And you, you could tell he wanted nothing to, to do with it. Uh, Ohio State came and watched him the week prior. Uh, Corey Davis, I believe their quarterback coach, was who, who went out there. And, you know, once it got out there, the Ohio State offered, he, he just 
he just went kind of not silent. I mean, he, he talked to us off the record about it, but didn't really want to go on the record. So we, we started talking Thursday night about maybe me coming out there. And, and the big reason it wasn't that he was trying to hide anything. He just wanted to focus on this game. Uh, Stowe Monroe Falls was ranked third in the Northeast Ohio poll and Medina was was ranked number two. So this was a this was a monster game for them. And as you can see with, with some of the highlights I put together here, he, he had a great game. 29 of 48, 523 yards passing, five touchdowns, one interception. He did have a, a silly interception that he, he told me was maybe the worst throw of his career. He's just trying to do too much, try to um, you know throw it across the field, to throw it out of bounds, and just it, he lobbed it up way too high. So listen, uh, the, the, well, actually, one other thing I'll add with this is I counted eight drops in this game. So when you look at 29 of 48, you're thinking, oh, man, you, you want to see that percentage a lot higher. Well, what, what I learned is he has good receivers, but they, you know, they, they dropped quite a few balls for him too. So this, this could have been a 600 yard performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monroe falls really kept him contained as far as the rushing game. I, I think he had maybe five yards rushing and that's not what we saw in previous games. He, he had, uh, I think two games where he was a little over a little under a hundred yards. So, uh, but, but they throw the ball a lot, man. That that's one thing I learned about this offense. Um, you know, 40, 48 attempts. And really, he had two sacks, too. So they tried to throw it 50 times. And they also threw it with with like 20 seconds left in the game, which uh, was interesting. He actually should have had a six touchdown. They called the kid out at the one-yard line. And I was right there. I, I um, was trying to take photos at the time, thinking they weren't going to throw it. And the kid, I thought the kid scored. But uh, but anyway, let's get to the Ohio State topic. That's what I think everybody really wants to talk about. And I did a, a big interview with Drew uh, yesterday, or over the weekend. Uh, we posted a story on Monday. I think if you're watching this podcast, you probably already have, have read that already. And and look, he's just adamant that that there's really not much to see here. You know, he he appreciate Ohio State offering. Uh, obviously, he he did admittedly grow up an Ohio State fan, and uh, he 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 took their call and, and listened to them uh, offering. But that's it. That's where he plans to end this. I don't. I'm sure Ohio State will keep chipping away as as they should. That's what all schools do. That's what Penn State does elsewhere, and and all, all of these programs are going to keep going after the best talent. But everything that he's told me, and maybe even not that Drew's word doesn't matter, but even his family too. Uh, I'll stress that you know every, everything that they stressed was that this, this recruitment is is done, and, and Mike Yurchis is is the major reason why. And we, we already kind of knew that uh, b- before all this happened, but. I mean, Yurchich was was the guy who really initiated this in Texas. He was arguably the the top coach at the top program to really buy into Drew Allar before before many others. And that that of course is why he was at Texas last year. And then with the coaching change, he he gets over to Penn State and and decides to offer. So uh, right now, the only way I would ever I, I see Drew Allar potentially not signing with Penn State is if Mike Yurchich were to not be on this staff uh, very early in December because he's going to be an early enrollee. And he, he's going to have to sign on December 15th. Uh, so unless you're just gets a, a head coaching job very early uh, in, in this cycle, that's the only way I could see Drew Allard not signing. And even then, I think he'll be so far into it that it, it would probably be more like 50-50, not that he would just just follow Yurchich or, or go to Ohio State right. or whatever. So that's just the only way I envision him not being here is if somehow Yurchich were to leave um, and, and he decided to look around. But Right now, man, I'd give it like a 5-10% chance. I think it's incredibly low that he doesn't sign with Penn State. Yeah, I might even be a little bit lower than that. Just reading his quotes, watching the the things that he has said, 
over the last handful of months, it's become pretty clear that Penn State's a school for him, and nobody is going to change that fact uh, at Ohio State or anywhere else. Now, you make a fair point about your situation leaving. What could that change things? But that's always going to be the case, right? That's always something that's going to come up, whether you are a four-star quarterback like Drew Aller is, or you are a you know big-time running back or a big-time defensive lineman. You know, if your defensive coordinator leaves, or you know, it, it's always going to be in play. So, I think the main takeaway for me, Ryan, before we move on to Ball State and what happened there from a recruiting impact is just that, you know, I think Penn State fans were pretty well informed by you ahead of time that this Ohio State offer wasn't probably going to change much for Drew Aller if it came. But now that I can rest assured that, uh, you know, he is on the record, his family's on the record, and it's exactly what most people thought, which is it. it's not going to change anything for him. Yep. Yeah, don't have much uh, much to add other than that, man. I, I think he's a he's a nitly line through and through, and I think look, he's his family's they they see the the, the quarterback room there. The transfer porter will, uh, ev- you know, it'll eventually a few guys will leave, and that's why they're pursuing Drew. They know that they probably are going to keep uh, those four or five guys there um, over the next year or two. So that that's why there's because if you look at that room now, there's there's no reason to add another guy. Well, that the transfer portal is a big reason why. But you know they they see the opportunity with Penn State, and and they also just appreciate the fact that Penn State uh, you know bought in him very early in the process. Mike Yurch is. You know, this has been this has been Yurch's guy from the start. Uh, they appreciate that. They built an awesome relationship, and and you know, there's no reason to change it up. Uh, at least I, I don't expect it to change. Put it that way. No doubt about it. Well, Drew Aller, one of Penn State's two class of 2022 quarterback commits, Bo Pabula, obviously. The other one also putting up big numbers at Central York during his senior high school season, and it'll be fascinating to watch these two in the future compete to be Penn State's quarterback. This is the Blue White Illustrated Penn State football and recruiting podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. If you didn't read that Drew Aller interview or any of the other content leading up to Auburn, check us out, bwi.rivals.com. If you already are a subscriber, thank you. As you can see on our homepage, which I'll show you if you're watching on YouTube here in a sec, plenty of stuff up today from the NFL updates to news on, again, Drew Aller, some final thoughts from Ball State. We got you covered, bwi.rivals.com. Ryan, it was not a huge visitor list on Saturday, as expected for Penn State, Ball State. Mostly commits. Uh, one guy I was really impressed, Tyrese Mills and J.B. Nelson are two guys I had not seen in person before, and they looked apart. That was one thing that I had that was kind of a takeaway for me was just how much those two guys looked apart in person. I mean, you see it on film, of course, but they're filled out pretty well. So I think that was one takeaway, but... You know, it was mostly a commit, a group of commits that came, not all of them, but, you know, Caden Saunders was on hand. Uh, those two Lackawanna prospects were there. Drew Shelton mm-hmm. showed up. He's a big boy, just as we always knew. So um, a good opportunity for Penn State to kind of test run some things, I would assume. Obviously, they've been doing this for a long time, but it's been a year since they had any recruits on campus, let alone a number they'll have this week during the whiteout game. So one offer does come out of this. It goes to Joey Schlafler. Did I get that right? Is that right? Schlafler. Yep. Like laughter. Schlafler. Yes. Got it. Uh, Ty Howe watched him work out on, or I'm sorry, play on Friday, and he comes Mm -hmm. to State College on Saturday, comes in for an unofficial visit, rather, to see Penn State Ball State, leaves with an offer, the brother of Michael Mennett. Obviously, the connection there is going to make a lot of people think Penn State could be the favorite to land him. So let's learn a little bit more about him. And then any other thoughts you had from being down on field level as those guys took in warm-ups uh, before kickoff? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I look, I interviewed Joey last week, and he, he – he, he made it clear that if Penn State offered, and this was two days before they did, that this this would mean more. And and the big thing for him was that not just is it not 
not only was he, you know, the little kid watching Penn State uh, over the last couple of years, watching his brother progress, but but he really liked the fact his whole family really likes the fact that Michael became the best, not just the best player, but the best person he could potentially be. I mean, they they feel like that staff maximized every every drop of what he could potentially be. And, you know, he's, he's getting an opportunity in the NFL. I, I believe he's, I'm not sure if he's on a practice call right now. I know, I know the Cardinals dropped him, but um, he's going to, he's going to get more opportunities, I'm sure um, at some point. So they really like the fact that, you know, Michael not only went there uh, and, and played, but he, you know, he succeeded and, and, you know, also was a two-time team captain. So that, that was big with, with uh, Joey and really the entire family. I, I did get stats from his game that Ty Howe was at. He had, I believe it was five or six receptions for 78 yards and two touchdowns. The film's not out yet. I'd like to see it then. Uh, but but with Ty going out to that, we Penn State doesn't really – if if Penn State has an offer to player, they don't really go see guys unless they know. Like, they're they're pretty confident in offering. They're in the ballpark, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 90% there. So that's kind of why once we learned that Ty was going there and um, – you know that he was coming back up for for the game Saturday. That's kind of why my you know myself and, and other colleagues were feeling pretty good that this kid was going to get an offer, and he should. Uh, I think Joey would have had an offer a long time ago if he's not connected to Penn State, and that, that they they take their time with that because they know that if they extend this offer, you know they can't really uh, take it back or or look elsewhere. Right. It's a lot easier to do that with a kid from Miami. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult to do to do with this family. So I, I think there's a very good chance that, that Joey may end up here. Uh, too early to put in any picks or anything like that, but he'll be somebody we watch closely. I'm, I'm already set to, to go see him play Governor Mifflin and Nick Singleton. I believe it's in three, four weeks from now. So yes. uh, just a couple, couple other takeaways, though, uh, from from the visitor list as a whole. There, there were six committed players. You mentioned a couple of them. Caden Saunders also came. Ken, Ken Talley. Um, it was a good group, Drew Shelton and the Lackawanna guys. Um, it, that I think that was pretty solid for 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 the yeah. Ball State game, knowing knowing that like twenty of them are all going to be here uh, this up this upcoming weekend, and we'll, we'll hit on that in a second. The the most notable players who visited last week were quarterback Cam Edge. Uh, leading into the visit, Cam was kind of fifty fifty, and then he he confirmed uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, that he was making the trip. Uh, 15 offers so far for, for Cam, 6'1", 205 from Smyrna, Delaware, a couple of schools, Cincinnati, uh, LSU, Oregon, let me think, uh, West Virginia, Wisconsin. There are a couple solid programs that are on him hard. He, he camped with uh, the staff this summer, and, and you know, from what I understand, they, they, were, they were happy with how he performed. He, he may be Penn State's most realistic quarterback target in 2023 right now. There's not one guy who is really – yeah, he not. I mean, obviously they want Dante Moore. Dante Moore is the top guy. I don't know if he's the most realistic though. Cam Edge right. kind of fits that mold right now. Let, let's mm-hmm. see how things develop. Of course, uh, two other 2023 guys, Renell Nuka and Keon Wright, both from Northeast High School, both have offers. Close connections with Deion Barnes. They've been up a lot of times. Uh, I, Penn State's still kind of watching their film before I, I get the. Uh, impression that you know whether they're going to go all out on those guys or not uh, but they've been here enough now and like I said they have those ties that I expect to see them regularly I think they're actually going to be back again this weekend too and then a couple guys for 2024 to to keep an eye on that, that came up this weekend Brad Birch uh, quarterback from Gateway High School six foot 190 he has an early offer from Oregon hasn't picked up too many offers yet I'm curious to see how his season is going in Gateway I haven't haven't followed him too closely yet but it, it was good to get him back up here Ronell Davis is a safety from Roman Catholic. 
me think, 6'1", 175, I believe, is his size. He has an early offer from West Virginia. Uh, he, he was up um, for, for the 7-on-7 seven seven camp earlier this year. Penn State got an eye on him. I think he's going to be a guy to watch. Again, these are all 2024 guys. But the main the main 2024 player that, that came up was Quentin Martin, the athlete out of Bell Vernon. I, I still don't know what position he's going to play. He doesn't really even know where he's going to play because he does everything from linebacker to corner to safety Wide receiver, running back. I wouldn't be surprised if he's throwing it at some point. Six six three one eighty. I mean, he's pretty big for for a running back. Uh, I would be surprised, or I wouldn't be surprised if some teams maybe are a little more interested in him as a wide receiver. Right right now, I would probably call him a running back for Penn State, but uh, they made it clear and and or Quentin made it clear and kind of sources I talked to that they're they're still trying to figure him out. But they know they definitely want him. He's going to be. I think he's going to be the best player in Pennsylvania for his class. Uh, Penn State, Maryland. I think Pitt, Rutgers, Vatek, and West Virginia are his six offers so far. So really good player. Uh, and Penn State's actually going to get him back on campus too um, this upcoming weekend. So this, I believe those are his first two visits. I don't think he really won anywhere this summer. And uh, I know this past weekend was his first trip to Penn State. Yeah, so obviously, again, we had talked about it on last week's show. You can find all of our podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get audio, you'll find us. And we talked about it on last week's show, but – you know, if guys had a choice, and in some cases you do get players who came for the Ball State game and are coming back seven days later for Auburn. But in a lot of cases, if it was one or the other, guys are going to wait for the whiteout game because that's the experience everybody wants to be a part of. That's the big game uh, of the weekend for a lot of Penn State targets, including underclassmen. So, you know, it, it was a good group. It was nice, I think, for Penn State, again, to have that chance to get guys back on campus, even though it wasn't a huge number and it won't be as big as this week. Just to get that feel going again and get things organized and ready to go because obviously you have to be on your game when hundreds of recruits are coming to campus as they are this week. So, all right, let's move one into thing, yeah, one let more me, thing. Let me add yeah. one thing real quick, right? Yeah. Um, it was it was about 60 players total. Uh, now, the majority of them are, are guys who are potential walk-ons or friends of friends, uh, but it was good to get uh, – and that 60, not, 60 is a little bigger than what we've seen in previous sure. years for that first game. And I will add that, you know, they, yes, Penn State's been doing this for a while, but they've had a lot of turnover in their recruiting staff since 2019. So it was good for them to, to get a, a what I would consider a bigger number than normal for a season opener and just get get, get dry run, like you called it, because uh, when, the, when this, this upcoming weekend, everything has to go perfect. You know, there can't be any mistakes. You can't forget – uh, a ticket for a friend of a friend. Uh, you, you can't spell the name wrong on the on the player tag, man. All of that stuff really matters. I've had I talked to one or two people in the past who you know were upset at little things like that, and it's and it's usually during the biggest weekends like this because right. you're seeing 150, you're, you're seeing 120 to 150 prospects, and then think about the friends they bring, the girlfriends, family, grandma. I mean, it is it is a 500 person. Uh, list really an operation is what you can kind of call it so it was good uh for this staff and you know a lot of the main people from hazel to andy frank uh kenny saunders kenny sanders is back now but there's a lot of people underneath um dan Kabbalah, i forgot to mention all that but a lot of people underneath who are kind of new and uh, that was their first experience with a game day operation well it seemed to go smoothly obviously again mm -hmm. the one offer does go out and they put things together, uh, not just for that home game, but obviously, again, to get ready for next week as well. So good stuff there. This is the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. 
We are putting the finishing touches on our latest magazine, which will hit newsstands later this week. If you're already a subscriber, keep an eye out in your mailbox for that. Plenty of good content in there as we get through the first two weeks of the regular season in college football and get ready for Auburn. If you're not a subscriber but you're interested to learn more or you want to sign up, covenpub.com slash bwi-preview will get you in that ballpark. You can also go to bluewhiteonline.com or call customer service 814-234-1177 Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. Ryan, we've talked now for about half the show about everything but whiteout recruiting, and now we're going to dive <laughs> into that list. Obviously, as you've mentioned a couple of times now, it's a massive group. A lot of really good players, a few official visitors, not as many as you would see in normal years for the whiteout game because of two things. Number one, the class of 2022 is so big already, so you don't have that that large number of uncommitted guys. But then you also had many players, including most of the commits, take their official visits in the summer when they were able to do that now under NCAA rules. So, uh, you know, you have a few here that are coming. Obviously, uh, Penn State looking to fill maybe a couple of spots here in this class of 2022. Let's start there before we get into the underclassmen who are going to be here and make up a majority of this list. Mm-hmm. So right now there are three official visits that uh, I feel comfortable talking about as far as like I feel like they're definitely going to happen. And one of them is Jordan Allen, the uh, quarterback commit for, for Penn State out of Lafayette, Louisiana. He, he wasn't able to make it up uh, this summer. He actually still hasn't been to Penn State. Uh, he had an official visit scheduled. He had to cancel it. There uh, just a, just a family event he had to attend and and so this will be his first opportunity to check everything out <laughs> that should be a pretty fun opportunity you know when you know you're already committed to penn state and your first experience is the whiteout so uh, that that should go pretty well uh, i would expect everything to be perfect there he'll be up I believe he plays friday night so he'll be up saturday morning and with the 48 hour rule he can pretty much stay till, till the end on sunday and then two other the two other players who we know are pretty much locked in uh, wide receiver Omari Evans, he's uh, six foot one seventy from Killian, Texas, and then linebacker Jay Sean Barham, six three two thirty from from St. Francis. Uh, Barham is incredibly quiet, uh, so he is very difficult to read. Uh, I think even uh, like Penn State sources will tell me, you know, this is someone who's not very open with with them either. Just you know, not not that he doesn't communicate with Penn State, he doesn't communicate really with with anyone. He's just just very low key as far as recruiting. Um, so we know Maryland's in it. We know South Carolina. We know Florida. Uh, he visited Maryland, South Carolina, and Penn State in the summer. Uh, all were unofficial visits, I believe. And Florida will probably get an official visit at some point this season. I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina did too. Aside from that, man, it is a very difficult recruitment to to, to read. I think Penn State is maybe maybe the favorite. I, I know some people in Nash they feel good, but they're just they're hesitant to to really you know believe they're the true favorite when uh, just it, he's a quiet kid, hard to read as I've said. So this visit will go a long way. His family will be coming up with him for the first time. I believe his previous trips even. Back when he was a freshman at the math, I believe that was as a team. And when he came this summer, I know his mom wasn't able to make it. So this should be his first opportunity to really show uh, Barm and his entire family uh, everything that Penn State has to offer. So I would like to, to tell you that I, I am in depth on this one and I, I know where the guy's going, but I don't. And I don't I don't think really any um, reporters out there can tell you that they have a, a real rock solid feel for what Jay Sean Barham is thinking. Uh, wide receiver Omari Evans, I have a little bit of better feel for this one. Uh, Penn State, Rutgers, Vanderbilt, they feel like his top schools right now to me. Uh, but Baylor, Houston, Arkansas, Indiana, 
they're still in the mix with the uh, Texas Speedster. I mean, he runs a, a 4.3 or so 40, and he, he came up for uh, an unofficial visit at the very end of June. I believe it was the last day before the dead period and just, just killed his workout. And ever since then, Penn State has really pushed hard. Now, make no mistake, Andre Green is still very much their top wide receiver target, and Darius Clemens is, is in that mix too. Uh, but to me, uh, Evans feels like the most realistic out of that group. Now, uh, we are keeping an eye on Andre Green for an official visit. It's still kind of too early to tell if he's going to make it or not. I know Penn State would love to get him here. So um, check back later in the week, and maybe I'll have a, a little better feel for that. I will say just one other thing with officials. There are maybe two or three committed guys, the other schools, who are looking into visiting. Right now, as far as publicly put on a podcast, it's not right to put those names out there. We'll see if those guys do end up making it. And if they do, of course, that's something we'll, we'll share in our premium message boards. But I wouldn't be surprised that the official visit list is, is five or six total. And right now it feels like three guys are locked in. BWI.Rivals.com slash subscribe if you're not a part of the Lions Den. Join us there for all the latest recruiting scoop on the way and before, during, and after Penn State's whiteout date with Auburn. So we took a talk about the 2022 group here. Obviously, it's good to get some guys on campus that are uncommitted and put your best foot forward during your biggest game week. But that's not the only class that Penn State will be focusing on during this uh, Auburn weekend. The class of 2023, class of 2024 are going to be well represented here as well. They'll actually make up the majority of this visitor list and you know when you mentioned that it's a it's like a 500 or 600 person traveling party you get a lot of these <laughs> underclassmen who definitely i mean not that class of 2022 guys and upperclassmen do not want to have their families with them but you know in some cases they've seen it before whether it was um you know as it, i guess 2019 so it may be that this year is not particularly the best uh, time for me to be <laughs> well a handful point, of these but, guys have been here before though like kate and saunders have been here right. a bunch of times uh, but there's there's a bunch of others we could we could roll through the list but uh, for the most part your point holds true yeah, so, you know, you don't – but, you know, with this underclassman group, you, if grandma wants to come because grandma wants to see what the Penn State campus is like, you know, you better find grandma a ticket. So that's where you're going to see a lot of your uh, – the majority of your visitors. So let's dive into that part of this list, Ryan. Penn State, at this point in time, one class of 2023 commit, Alex Birchmeyer, who just posted his first three games worth of film. I'll be interested to watch that a little bit later on. A four-star mm -hmm. offensive lineman from Broad Run, Virginia. But – when you look at this underclassman group coming, who stands out to you? Yeah. So right now I've got about 30 – I got exactly 30 scholarship prospects uh, confirmed or at least expected to attend, uh, you know, as of Tuesday morning uh, for 2023 and 2024, which is really good. I think that number will probably be closer to 40 when it's all said and done, but I feel like we have probably about three-quarters – of those top scholarship underclassmen, well, I guess 2023 is not underclassmen now; they're juniors. But um, you know, for, from that, the, the classes that aren't this year, at least we'll say uh, that that are expected to be here. So let's roll just through a couple of names here, real quick. There's there's a couple pretty good offensive line prospects I want to hit on. Uh, Luke Luke Montgomery, 6'5", 260 out of Finley, Ohio. He's I believe Penn State's top offensive tackle prospect in this class. Birch Meyer, of course, will be a guard. Um, he, he's uh, what I consider their top interior uh, prospect. But him and Birchmeyer are pretty much you know 1A, 1B as far as overall offensive linemen. you got to get these guys. Uh, this will be Luke's third visit to Penn State. And, and the first of those visits was actually before the dead period um, ended. He came up last Ohio – or last, last Ohio – last October to watch the Ohio State game on campus with a bunch of committed guys. Uh, let's see. It was Caden Saunders, Drew – 
Shelton, Ken Talley, and I believe Landon Tangwall was part of that group as well. And that, that was his first Penn State experience. Penn State was really the first school to first major school uh, to offer him, I believe. So that, that gave them a, a good head start on everything. And I think it, it will it will help, uh, although it will not be easy to land Luke Montgomery. Uh, his top schools right now are listen to this list, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, or I skipped Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Stanford. That's that's a heck of a list right there. So he, he's not going to be an easy not going to be an easy land. Uh, obviously, with him being an Ohio prospect, uh, you got to think Ohio State's going to be you know very much in the mix there. So let's see uh, what happens. This will be his first time coming to uh, a game at Penn State, and actually his little brother Ryan, uh, twenty twenty five quarterback prospect, he also holds an offer already. So that's uh, something to watch down the road. Just a couple other guys we'll roll through. I'll try and be a little quicker on them. Uh, Kobe Keenum, he grew up an Auburn fan, uh, 6'4", 285, uh, from Florence, Alabama. Auburn hasn't offered him yet, but you know he they're watching him closely. And I think if Auburn does offer, he'll he'll be someone to watch. But right now, I know he has a very good relationship with Alex Birchmeyer, and I think Penn State might be the team to beat with him. So this this visit will go a long way. Matthias Barnwell, 6'6", 270, out of uh, Fredericks. Fredericksburg, Virginia. You, we got some new highlights here. Good work here, Greg. Uh, these are, I believe, from his game two weeks ago or so. Man, it's 6'6", 270. I, I'm curious to see what Penn State and really all of these schools decide to do. Uh, to me, he's showing signs of being an offensive tackle. But, man, when you watch some of these highlights here, you know, he, he can really move. He can catch it. So uh, th- those are all, you know, positives, I guess you could say. Uh, um, but, but man, that athleticism at tackle, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we know he visited Kentucky, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech this summer. Uh, two more guys real quick. Lamont Payne, Chartier's Valley. I discussed him a lot last week. I have a, I have a future cast in for him. I almost said Crystal Ball there. I have a future cast in for him, and I, I think he's someone to potentially watch for a commitment. It might not be this week, but every time he's on campus, man, He's somebody I'm going to be watching. And then Tamir Robinson, of course, uh, the top top player in Pennsylvania, linebacker prospect from Brashear. Uh, you know, he, he appears to be playing a bit more linebacker this year compared to previous years. But, man, he, he still plays all over the place for them. Uh, we know he went to Pitt for the season opener, Ohio State uh, last week for the game against Oregon, and, and visits to Michigan and Clemson are in the works. So a couple guys to keep an eye on, Ben. But this list is deep, uh, from Sadir Mitchell to Jameel Lyons down in Philly. Uh, Dylan Gooden uh, from Good Counsel. I mean, like I said, I've got 30 uh, scholarship guys confirmed for this, so we can go all day. And there will be more, that's for sure, bwi.rivals.com. Join us there for all the latest news, notes, and analysis you need on Penn State football and Penn State recruiting. Ryan, we're getting toward the end of this show, obviously a jam-packed episode once again. Let's hit on some final thoughts here. Anything standing out to you either about the national recruiting scene or just visits being back in general for games after two weeks? Anything catch your eye either in the Penn State recruiting universe or the college football recruiting universe after two weeks of games? Uh, well, let me think here. Uh, denied it, well, this is high school related, but Deny Dennis Sutton's back uh, from yeah. injury, which is good. He put out some highlights. Check those out then. He only played in a half uh, because of his injury. They were trying to limit his time, and he, and he should play a full game this upcoming weekend uh, for the first time against St. Mary's. I believe he had – it was four tackles for loss and six tackles and a half, which is pretty good. That's they have okay. they have a playing yeah, they have a playing defensive tackle, uh, which they just – they need him there. I understand it. Um 
I love their head coach, Akeem Saleh. He's, he's, he's a great guy. So I get it. Uh, but I'd love to just kind of see him rush off the end at the, the edge at some point too. So I, I'm still playing it to see that McDonough-LaSalle game in a couple of weeks. Of course, watching him play Abdul Card will be a lot of fun. But, man, this is this is, this is is the week. This is the one that we've had circled uh, really since last year when we knew there would be uh, – uh, no, no fans in attendance. So I'm just looking forward to it. It should be a fun time. I hope Penn State fans get out, uh, get out early, enjoy it, go to college game day, have some fun. You guys, uh, you, you deserve it, man. You missed out on this last year. Uh, I think even I might go tailgate a little bit. No, I'm not, I'm not going to party or I'm not going to drink before the game. We're going to have a late night, but I'm looking forward to maybe going out there and, and seeing some some friends and family. It'll be a good time. The crowd will be ready, so will we, bwi.rivals.com. It's been another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Football and Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Schneider. I'm Greg Pickle. We will catch you next week. And until then, be sure you like, rate, subscribe, leave, leave us your feedback, whether it's on youtube.com slash Illustrated or wherever you find your audio, you'll find us. We'll see you next time.